Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylight Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Uh, it says in front of the throne, this is Revelation, uh, let me see, 4, verse, I'm getting past it, that might help, might not? Uh, I've got a big uh, font on my, on my phone there with my Bible app. Uh, Revelation 4, verse uh, 6, I think it is. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the centre and around the throne were four living beings each. Now, I want you to get this picture, all right? This is in heaven right now. Right now, this is taking place, okay? Try and picture it, use your imagination, whatever. But this is out of the book of Revelation, the vision that John had. Um, each covered with eyes front and back the first of these living beings was like a lion the second was like an ox the third had a human face and the fourth was like an eagle in flight each of these living beings had six wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out now get this day after day and night after night they keep on saying holy 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 is the lord god the almighty the one who always was who is and is still to come whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne the one who lives forever and ever and they lay down their crowns before the throne and say you are worthy O lord our god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things this is happening right now in heaven Hey, so when you're singing holy, 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 your worship from your heart is, is, is going up into, I believe, into heaven. Because you've got to remember there's no distance in the spirit realm, right? And, and we are connected to God, how? By the Holy Spirit, yes? Our spirits. Because we're born again, we're part of his family. He is our heavenly father. So I just, that's just one I threw in there. But I, I just, uh, I just, whenever I sing holy, 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 it's just like, it's almost like uh, in worship, at times like you can imagine that you are there around the throne worshipping. These seraphim and cherubim, as they're called, they do that night and day and day and night and night and day. It's like giving glory to God, glory to God, glory to God all the time. You know, and, and I'll be coming sort of sing a little bit for, you know, 20 minutes and, uh, you know, I thought, oh, yeah, there's not much of it, but one day we'll be on and on and on like them. Anyway, getting into the message. So um, this is the last in the series, as uh, I think Chris said. Love like Jesus. And uh, Pastor Greg asked me to, I'm filling in for Lois because um, my wife, of course, she's got our grandson and he was awake for several hours last night in the middle of the night. And she thought, I can't get a message together yesterday and, you know, with, uh, with uh, the, the baby. So, so I'll swap with her. So prayer. He asked me to share on prayer. So prayer. It's a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God and a scourge for Satan. John Bunyan was quoted as saying that. Think about it. Prayer changes people. It changes families. It changes situations. It changes governments. It changes the course of history. Prayer moves the hand of God. Yeah? Think about it. Your prayers, yeah? Your prayers can change all these things. Yeah? Yeah, they can. Because you're not praying. That's what annoys me sometimes with these, these dumb idols, you know, like these Buddhas and, and, and things that, that they make in some of these countries. Like I've seen them in India, like statues of these things all these different arms and i think they can't hear they can't see and they can't speak and they're definitely not going to respond to anyone praying to them but our god the one true god guess what 
He hears your prayers. He receives your prayers and he answers your prayers. Maybe not in the way that you always expect. Sometimes it's no, sometimes it's wait, it's not the right time. But we are impatient because, especially with social media these days, we want everything like now, now, now. Uh, you know, we want to know what's happening on the other side of the world, like instant news, instant, instant, instant. But guess what? God has never changed, has he? And uh, he's not, uh, you know, bound by social media. But we're not talking about social media. The Word of God is full of accounts describing the power of prayer in various situations. You just think the power of prayer has overcome enemies when you through the Bible. You, you read about it. Conquered death, brought healing, defeated demons. God, through prayer, opens eyes. He's opened eyes, ears, causes the lame to, to walk. Uh, he's changed hearts. He heals wounds. He grants wisdom. Just think about it. Not one of you would be saved if someone hadn't prayed for you. You're here. You are here. I am here because someone prayed for me. Think about it for a moment. It's a bit silence there. You're thinking. But it's true though, isn't it? You think somebody prayed for your soul and somebody prayed for your salvation. So don't, don't, don't ever underestimate your prayers for someone. Because God is listening, God will respond to your requests and your prayers for your family, your sons, your daughters, your father, your mother, your family members, your neighbours, people you know in the workplace. And you know, people in your workplace, you might be the only one praying for them. When, when I used to commute to Sydney many years ago when I lived on the Central Coast, I'd be looking out the window, you know, sometimes I'd well, often stop at train stations and we'd stop there for a little while and I'd see someone and I'd think, I'd just start praying for them. No idea who they were. But like they, I thought, God, I just pray for their salvation, Lord. I just pray you send someone across their path, Lord, to, to speak the word, the truth, the gospel of the kingdom, your saving your plan for their lives, the God's plan of salvation. Lord, save them, Father. And, and I would never see them again. But God, this is your prayers. Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 6, Amplified, says, But without faith it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly, earnestly and diligently seek him. So without faith, we've got nothing, have we? Because you think about it, faith and prayer go together. If we don't believe in God, that's faith, isn't it? I mean, it's like we're here because we believe in God, is that right? And that takes faith to believe in God. It took faith for you to step out and receive salvation that first time whenever that was. Saving faith. So to believe in God says that you have faith. We've all got a measure of faith. So for us, it's impossible to walk and please God, walk with God, without it. So we must believe when we come to God that we believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Who likes to get rewards? Oh, a few here. Put your hand up if you don't like getting rewards. Okay, so quite a lot of you. Okay. Christians have been given the incredible privilege of being able to communicate and relate to the God of the universe through the avenue of prayer. I mean, that, that's, you know, making your request known to God. That's like praying for this one, praying for that, praying for, like, governments, praying for, for um, the elections, praying for, like, your schools, praying for school teachers, praying for the students. I'm sure Chris prays a lot for, his, uh, for the youth and, and the schools around the area. Uh, we used to do um, uh, scripture years ago out at Tanilba Bay and... Be praying for the kids, you know, like, and I, I've no idea where they are now. They're 15, 20 years older now. But I, I just got to believe that God 
touched their lives and moved in their lives and saved them. Um, we used to have um, a lot of kids in our Sunday school many years ago over at the CAC, and uh, we seen a lot of those kids get saved, and some never came back because they weren't allowed, and I've just got to believe, actually, that God has honoured uh, our prayers for them, and that the prayer when they put their hand up to receive salvation, when they said, yes, Lord, I want to know you, I want to give my life to you. So your prayers are very, very powerful. If we don't pray, then our relationship with God will be shallow and we shouldn't expect him to do much in our life. Think about it. I mean, he will do stuff, but if you don't, have a, if you don't pray and talk to God and bring your requests and needs to him, should we really expect him to do much in our lives? See, remember, prayer, prayer changes things. Prayer will change your life. Prayer will change, will give you direction. Prayer does a lot of things in our lives. God wants us to pray to him. He wants us to talk to him and to bring our needs to him. I mean, stuff goes on. Stuff happens in life, yeah? I, I, when I first got saved, I was up here on cloud nine and walking along. It's like I thought, wow, you know, like it's like I was kind of cloud floating around. And after about six weeks, it came back to reality. And it's like, you know, and I realized... Yeah, it's like I was a baby taking baby steps as a new Christian. And uh, yeah, because the enemy doesn't like you. The devil hates your guts. Oh, can I say that word? <laughs> your adversary, the devil, walks around like a prow- prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he might de- devour. That's in the Bible. The devil, Satan, yeah, he's real. He doesn't like it now that you have said yes to Christ giving your life to Christ and he wants to trip you up he wants to discourage you he wants to pull you down he wants to get you off track he wants to get your focus off God off Christ and onto other things looking to the right looking to the left anything but especially your prayer life distractions God's been challenging me lately on getting rid of the distractions you know like and when you think about it there's a, there can be a lot of distractions around so we just got to cut them things off Jesus the son of God called him father called God his father which he was because he was a son called him father and that's the relationship we have come into with our God and our heavenly father during our Jesus ministry on earth he'd often withdraw to the wilderness and pray to his heavenly father often on a mountaintop away from the crowds away from the distractions I would have been loved to have been there with Jesus just to listen eh? but you know what it wasn't, I, I believe that it wasn't just Jesus talking to God, his Father. He would have been there listening. The Father speaking to him. He would have been there just quiet. He's, be still and know that I am God, the word says, doesn't it? He would have stilled himself. He would have been there just drawing strength, drawing power from his heavenly Father. Just, just being filled up again after the days when he had been healing you know, many people of various kinds of diseases and Incredible miracles that Jesus did here. We withdraw into the wilderness and pray. And we need to find that place for ourselves. I'm not saying you go up on a mountain and take off from your family for a, for a night. But, you know, just find a place to pray in that place where you get alone with God. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' instructions on how to pray. He, he said to pray with simplicity. Uh, the, the Pharisees at the time... Verse 5 there, uh, it might be up on your screen there. And when you come before God, Matthew 5, verse 5 and 6, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Message version. 
Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place. So you won't be tempted to role-play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. King James Version says, When you pray, go into your room. When you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. A man called Andrew Murray from a few centuries ago in, in America, amazing prayer warrior, prayer evangelist, he said, prayer is not monologue but dialogue. God's voice in response to mine is its most essential part. Remember that? Two-way. Yes, God wants you to talk to him, but God wants to talk to you. So you've got to have a heart that's open. And as I said, like the Bible said, be still and know that I am God. So you've got to, sometimes you've got to still your heart from all the busyness, all, all the stuff that's happening, like, oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that, you know. We make ourselves busy sometimes, don't we? And, and, but God wants to just have fellowship with us. Remember the garden with Adam? God longed every time to come into the garden and just have fellowship with Adam. and Just be there with him. And God wants us to be honest with our hearts. It's in our heart that God really is interested in our hearts because from our heart is where we change from the inside out. You can change to a degree from the outside, be our appearance, but really out of the heart come the issues of life. And who you are in your heart, what you are in your heart, the way you think, the way you do everything, it all comes out. You know, like you can try and... We can try and put up a facade and try and pretend that, you know, like, yeah, you know, I've changed and I'm this and that. But what's in your heart will come out. God, when you ask Christ into your heart, he comes inside your heart and he starts to change you from the inside out. That's where change takes place, from the inside. Does it happen overnight? Not really, but it's a process. It's a process of walking with God. You know, just fellowship with him and just, you know, just be with him. I think one of the most powerful prayers we can pray is, not the only one, but along these lines, which is what I've prayed a lot over the years, Father, change me. Simple. Father, change me. God, change me. I don't want to be like I am. Lord, move in my heart. Suffer my heart and heart. Do you know what? We can get a heart and heart and we don't even realise it. God's been challenging me lately you know, about my heart. And it's so subtle with, with your heart hardening up. It's just little bit by little bit. So I've just been praying that again, God, soften my heart. Give me a heart like yours. I'm sure a lot of you have prayed these prayers, haven't you? you prayed something similar. Give me a heart like yours, Lord. Use me for your glory, Lord. Less of me, more of you. Fill me up. Chris was saying earlier about being dry. I've been dry, and I've, been, I've just been starting to press into God lately, and I think it was one night late last week, the Holy Spirit was preaching to me for hours one night, and I was, couldn't sleep, I was just there, and he's like, I can't remember exactly what he was preaching, but he was preaching to my spirit, eh? And it's like, and, and I, like, I, was, I was excited, like, and I thought, I don't really want to get up, I just want to lay here and just enjoy this, hey? He was preaching to my heart. To my spirit. Has anyone ever encountered that? Or ever? Well, I'm not saying you need to, but that's what happened to me. And, and it's like, I just decided I want to start to press into God because I know there's so much more. There is so much more that God 
wants for you and me. Now, we can stay where we are and just be planted, or we can start to say, God, you know, the, the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It takes a step to do that. God will never override your will. He'll never override your will. He's a gentleman, remember? He will prompt you. He will try and speak to you through various means, preaching, the worship, whatever. But he, he wants to get your attention and he wants to, you to t- start to take steps toward him saying, God, I want you. I want you. And I've been praying that lately too. God, I want you more than anything. I was praying that that night when the, when the Holy Spirit came to preach to me. It's really weird because I've had that for a long, long time, eh? So the Lord's Prayer. Pastor Greg asked me to sort of share along these lines, all right? When you pray, same chapter, verse 7, don't babble on and on, as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Now, just before I start to go into this, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Uh, I was reminded about this testimony uh, I heard many years ago now, and I've heard it again since a few times on um, DVD. There was a, um, there's like a, not called a documentary, but a, it, was, it was put into like a um, visual form with actors and everything. And some of you have been around a while, have heard of this man. He was uh, stung by five box jellyfish, Ian McCormack. And I remember hearing him years ago up in the church in Nelson Bay. I think it was a C3 or whatever it was. It wasn't called that back then, but up in the little church on the corner in Nelson Bay. And I thought, wow, wow. And, and I heard it since on this, they said, dramatisation that was done. And what really struck me about, there's a few things struck me about this, when I was talking about praying for others, He was, a, in his own words, a womanizer. He, he, he was bad. He said, I was bad, you know, I just did whatever I wanted. And I was just, you know, rebel rouser. He used to fight and he used to do all sorts. Lived for himself, from New Zealand. And he was over in Mauritius, night diving off the coast of Mauritius there. Uh, and he got stung by these, uh, one, one box jellyfish and then there was another one when he got, managed to get in the boat. And he started to die. Basically, he started to die. And uh, he managed to get out of the boat um, on the shore and he started to hear this voice speaking. And uh, he didn't believe in God. He was an atheist. Um, but guess what? What happened? At that time, he didn't know, but the Holy Spirit, God spoke to his mother in New Zealand, and he said, and she, he said, pray for your son. That's all he said, pray for your son. And he dropped, she dropped to her knees, and at that time in New Zealand, she started to pray for her son, and this voice started to speak to him. He said, if you close your eyes, you'll die. If you close your eyes, you'll die. And he thought, who's that? You know, because he's starting to get in that stage, he could hardly walk, he couldn't turn his head around, but someone was speaking behind him. And anyway, it, it went on, they were saying this, and uh, what God did, and it was, I've never heard a testimony like it since, was he didn't know how to pray. He started to realise it must be, it could be God, you know, that was speaking to him. And he didn't know how to pray. And what happened was, God put up each line of the Lord's Prayer in front of him. He could see it like a visual I don't know how, but he could see each line. And, and God helped him to pray the Lord's Prayer. And when he prayed each line, our Father who is in heaven, God was saying to him, this voice was saying, pray it like you mean it. See, God doesn't 
have too many words, does he, sometimes? It's like, pray it like you mean it from your heart. So he went through each line, and especially when it came down to the line of, you know, forgive us our sins that we have sinned against him, because, see, there was a man um, earlier, this is, he managed to get in his taxi or, or get to the hospital, but before that there was a bloke, taxi driver, who didn't want to take him, and he, and, and he, and he tried to, like, punch him, and he couldn't because he's too weak, and, and God said, forgive him. The taxi driver said, no, I'm going to get him when I get better. I'm going to bash him, you know, like, forgive him. Uh, no, because he, he didn't take me to the hospital and forgive him. So each of these lines of the Lord's Prayer, God put it up, each one. And as, as he real, God knew that he was sincere, next one came up, next one came up, next one came up. So that was amazing that God, and also that God would move on the prayers of someone from across the other side of the world. When, when our Jess died, I could literally feel the prayers of people praying for me. And I've never experienced that in my life. I don't know, how, how, do, how do I explain that? I don't know, but I could, I could feel, I could literally feel the prayers of people praying for, for me and Lois and our family. I, I don't know, but I could feel it. I could literally feel the prayers. And there were people praying in Fiji who have been on mission trips in, in England, uh, Lois's relatives over there and other people around Australia were praying for us. Uh, so, as I said before, don't underestimate the power of your prayer. It's so, so uh, important. Um, Jesus said, pray in this manner, like after this pattern, our Father in heaven. Now, we've been singing about our Father this morning, yeah? He's our Father. He's your Father. He's the Father of all believers. He's a Heavenly Father who is holy. He's perfect, majestic, all-powerful, all-loving, all-knowing, just, merciful, gracious, caring, honest, trustworthy, and there's many, many more things you could say about our Father. Now, Jesus was intimate with his Father, wasn't he? He had such an incredible relationship with his Heavenly Father that they were one. He said, I and my Father are one. That's amazing, isn't it? And, and Jesus didn't say you have to do it exactly like this, but he said, after this pattern, so our Father, and where is he? In heaven. And I read that scripture out there earlier. Uh, God sits on his throne in heaven. That's where his throne is. Earth is his footstool, the Bible says. And God wants us to acknowledge him and give him glory. These uh, beings and these uh, uh, angels in heaven are giving God the glory all the time. And God wants us to glorify his name because he is God. He is, like, he is supreme. He is, he is the, the, uh, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. He is, he is everything. He, he, things exist because of him. And he deserves all the glory. So when you pray, go into your secret place. I don't know if you've got a secret place or not, like in that previous scripture, to go into your secret place, shut the door, you know, and just get alone with God. Start to worship. Start to worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Still your heart and your soul and your spirit before God. Open up your heart and just start to meditate on Him. Like that, you know, it's not hard. It's just start, say, God, just, I start to just, I just start to want to worship. I want to glorify you. God, here I am, Lord. Me and you, Lord. Me and you, Lord. Lord, and, and Lord, I just want to bless you and lift your name high. And you say whatever you want, but to acknowledge your Father in heaven. And Jesus did that. There was a pattern that said, pray like this. May your name be kept holy, the next line. We give glory to God. We adore you. We magnify you. We reverence you. We lift you up. As I said, it's good to begin our prayers with praising and worshipping our Father for who he is.
yeah? Just for who he is. Not for what he's done in your life, but just for who he is. He's God. Doesn't he deserve our glory and praise? Absolutely. He deserves it all. You know, as I said, like, one of those prayers that you can pray is, God, less of me, more of you. That's what John the Baptist prayed. I must decrease that he must increase. Less of me, more of you in my life, Lord. I want to glorify you and lift your name high, Lord. May your kingdom come soon. The word kingdom means reign. And God wants to come and rule and reign everywhere, really, if you think about it. His kingdom. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God, didn't he? And it's good, um, Gail, sharing about the, uh, the children when Jesus laid hands on them, you know, like he said about the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. We come to God, we've got to be like kids, eh? You know, you, you, you tell a child about Jesus and it's like their eyes are open, it's like hearts are open, yeah. Do you love Jesus? Yeah, you know, like. Us, when we get older, it's like, oh, I don't know about this, like, I'll say it or not, I'll believe it. Oh, if I see him, I'm sure none of you were like that, but I used to be like that, like, yeah, well, God, if you sort of, you know, appear here, I'll believe you. Of course, it didn't happen. <laughs> took faith, didn't it? Yeah, it took faith. Pray that God may reign everywhere, like reign in our schools, you know, that reign in our governments, reign, Lord, reign in our hospitals, in the, in the prisons. And don't you want God to have, be in charge? I do. Yeah? And, and he'll do it through you and I. But, but we've got to pray that way, hey? Yeah? We need to pray that God will rule in the schools where Chris is reaching out into, into the primary schools, into the high schools, around Newcastle, around our nation. You know, that his laws may be obeyed. Um, everyone's pretty good at breaking his laws, including me. No, not really good, but, but yeah. Um, you know, that's why we need God. We need him. We need the Holy Spirit to, to help us. We need the Word of God. Without the Word of God, we can't nourish our soul and, and feed, you know. We've got to feed off this Word. And the Holy Spirit just comes and just enlightens it and gives us revelation. That the, that the gospel of Christ may be advanced everywhere to the world be filled with his glory, yeah? Um, I don't think there's ever been a time when the gospel's gone out like it has so, so much. When you think about the, the means like internet, uh, satellite TV, radio, all, all over the world, all over the world. It's going out at an incredible rate of knots, isn't it? Um, you know, we, we're going to see people saved and it's like that's what we pray, God, may your kingdom come soon. May your kingdom come, your kingdom come, Lord. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to align our will with God's will. Uh, we can be like out of alignment. That big uh, earthquake in New Zealand, there were roads that were put out of alignment, yeah? You try and drive a car along a road that's not aligned. Yeah? Well, you all expect the roads to be aligned because that's the way it is. Like, you've got a road and you're going somewhere to a destination. You don't expect it to be suddenly out of alignment like that. We've seen train, train lines over there were pushed to the side, like just buckled and just twisted so we need to align our will. We need to have an attitude, God, may your will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. And pray that. Let your will, Lord, be done in my life. I want to align with your will. Not my will be done, Lord, but your will in my life, Lord. Submit ourselves to him. Yield. Yield to him. Yield our hearts and our, and our lives to the Holy Spirit. Become pliable. You know, the Bible says that God is the clay. Sorry, God is the potter and we are the clay. Yeah? God is the potter. He's there like 
molding and shaping the clay pots. It's an analogy of God is molding and shaping you and I. You know, and it's like he's there, it's like, mm, a bit more, you know, like, and sometimes they think, oh, this is, you know, going through a tough time here as a Christian, you know, like, you know, God's just shaping you, he's molding you and getting you just to that beautiful vessel that he wants to make. He wants you to be soft in his hands. He wants you to be pliable and he wants you to yield to him. So remember what I was saying about the hardened heart. I've been guilty of it, eh? And my heart is hardened because of these things, this stuff that's happened over the years and i just got to keep coming back to God. God, soften my heart. Lord, I yield my heart and my mind and my spirit to you, God. I need you, Lord. I need you like that dry ground, that barren dry ground needs the rain. Not at the moment, mind you, in the north coast. But, but when there's drought, you know, like, it's amazing. In California, they have an incredible bloom of flowers only because there's just rain. Is, must have had a rain's come and like, there's something on the news about it. Ask that is will be done in our schools, governments, churches, judicial systems. and uh, We need more of God, don't we? Our country needs God, is that right? Do you agree with that? I think so. I'd rather have a lot more God than, than more of the devil ruling and reigning, especially in the media times. It's like, what? It's all right to get excited, isn't it? Hey? Can't get excited. I could probably jump off here, but I might injure myself. I could jump over that seat, and, but I might hurt someone at the back there. But. All right. Give us a day with food we need or our daily bread. Now, I was thinking about this. Um, it means everything necessary to, to sustain life, and you know, we have a dependence on God for the supply of our wants, but I don't think any of you here are really starving to death. And we live in a pretty prosperous country, eh? I'm not saying that there aren't people that are struggling. I know that. I know. But... By and large, no one should starve to death in this country because we're really blessed, eh? There's plenty. We live in a, in a country of plenty. There's an abundance. Food bowls, like, yeah, okay, they're a bit flooded up some areas in the north, but there's no shortage. Hey, when, tell me the last time you went to the supermarket and you've seen all, all the food shelves empty. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure there's been a time somewhere in the past has happened. Maybe you've up in the cyclone area, yeah. But generally, even in those areas, there'll be food coming. They'll be looking after them. So I thought, well, give us a stay the food we need. Kind of, it's relevant, but kind of not really, depending where you are and who you are. But we've definitely got to have needs. And that, and that means like everything that we need for, for life. It's like a daily thing, isn't it? Give us a stay our daily bread. Lord, Lord, just supply my needs, supply, you know, finances all as they work and for them pay the bills and keep the car running and get repairs done and etc 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 the food lord the, the clothes the shoes and the brand new Lamborghinis and no nah. forgive us our sins as we are forgiven those who have sinned against us keep a short account of our sins or offenses with god keep a short account When you're with God, when you're alone, you're in that secret place and you just, when I, and I know we all do that, praying with God, and it's like you start to confess some sins and it's like the more you think about it, it's like, hmm, yeah, there's this one and there's that one. And, like, and you realise that you think, oh, it was just this one. It's just this sin that I did or committed. But then when you really start to compare yourself t- to the measure of God, then you realise there's 
more than one, it could be two, there might even be several, you know, like, and the account has been building up of, of your sins and your offences against God. Confess them before God, eh, in that secret place. Get your heart clean, get your heart right, ask God to cleanse you, and, you know, you repent, and repent, as we know, means to change your mind, change of heart, and you turn away from that. And you leave that behind, it's a decision that you make. Ask God to help you. His grace is sufficient for you. We all have weaknesses, but His grace is sufficient to strengthen you to turn away from those things, yes? And to walk away from it, but not walking away from that, but you're walking towards God. Because we all need God, no matter if you've been a Christian five years or 50 years. You haven't made it if you've been a Christian a long time. Maybe your account has got longer. So we've got to get this count down, like, instead of being reams of paper, you know, get it down to, like, maybe just full scap size. And even less than that, maybe, maybe that big. Zero is better. But, yeah, just, you know, get alone with God and just talk to him honestly from your heart. Can I say that? That's what prayer is. It's from your heart. It's from your heart. We can't fool God. We've just got to open up and tell him exactly things we're struggling with, the, the, you know, issues and whatever that might be. Talk to him and listen. He will cleanse you of your sins. He will forgive you of your sins, but you've got to forgive those who've sinned against you. And that can be challenging. I can't forgive her. I can't forgive him for what they did to me. I can't forgive my neighbour. I can't forgive... Uh, but news for you, Jesus said, if you don't forgive those who've sinned against you, God will not forgive you of your sins. Peter said, how many times should I forgive my brother, Jesus? 70 times 7? In other words, keep on, keep on, keep on forgiving. If you don't forgive, that will bind you up. If you have unforgiveness against someone because of what someone did, someone said, whether it be family, whoever it is, that you'll be tied to that person. And Pastor Greg shared on that weeks ago. It was brilliant. It was so good. Um, a man I used to work with many years ago for a little while uh, when I was driving trains, and uh, or learning to drive trains in Broadmeadow. This old German grumpy old bloke he was. and uh, oh, He was. I was only younger then. But um, he's supposed to be a driver trainer. He's supposed to be training me to drive trains. And he said, sit there. And, like, you know, and then I was just expected just to start driving this train, these, these 84 long uh, coal trains, 84 wagons, four engines in, in conjunction with one another. And like, going too fast, slow down. It's like... You know, and so he'd rouse on me and tell me what I was doing wrong, but not encourage me what I should be doing right. So after a while, doing a nice shift to, to try and shorten it, um, I got a bit tired of all this, and it started to wear on me, eh? And I started to get a bit of a attitude toward this bloke, and it started to like burn a bit deeper than that. Not sitting at a signal like say in in um, near Newcastle, Hexham there for an hour or half an hour waiting to get into the coal terminal, and it's like you know I picked up a magazine, it was just there, like yeah, sitting there for a signal to change. And then one, one night he, he picked it up, he pulled it out of my hands and threw it out the window. And I thought, right, right, I've got your number, buddy. And like, I'm not a violent person, but I thought, I started to meditate and dwell on this. I thought, if he does that one, if I do anything like that again, I'm going to throw him out that door onto the tracks. And whether I would have done it or not, I really don't know. But I was getting so angry, huh? I thought, you're gone, buddy. I don't care who you are. Some driver that's been driving for 40 years, I don't care. It's like, don't you ever do that to me again. And I was like, I was internalising all this and getting angry and angry and angry. And I thought, this went on for like weeks, and I thought, God, I can't 
I can't handle this. You've got to help me. And I, and, uh, I started to, God started to speak to my heart. And he said, start to th- see through Jesus' eyes. Start to see through the Lord's eyes. The man's lost. If he dies suddenly, he goes to hell. I thought, uh, who's going to pray for his salvation? And God was challenging me. Start to pray for him. And I didn't want to. I thought, okay. I started to pray for his salvation on the way into work from here on my motorbike back and back and forwards. Started to pray for him. Guess what happened? He didn't change that much as I changed. And God taught me an important aspect of prayer and forgiving others. I let I let that go. And I said, God, you've got to tear this out of my heart. I release it to you, God. This unforgiveness, this bitterness, it was turning into bitterness and, and it becomes a root. And a root will grow and get bigger, yeah? And, and, and I released it to God. I said, God, help me. Give me the strength and the grace to pray for this man's salvation. And, and God changed me in the process. So I could relate to what Pastor Greg was saying the other week. Uh, yeah. Oh, you didn't change. I was only with him for a few months, I think it was. And then I don't know what happened after that. I just went back to become assistant driver. But... But yeah, so I, I learned an important lesson about forgiving those. Uh, don't let us yield to temptation. Pray that God will guard and keep us so that the devil and the world and our flesh may not deceive us into doubting, despair and other great shame, yeah? Don't, don't let us yield to temptation. Lord, guard us. Guard our hearts and our spirits and our minds, Lord. Guard our children. Guard our wives. Guard our husbands. Um, God will not tempt us, but it's not wrong to pray that God will put a guard around us. Because I tell you what, the devil is out to trip you up. He's out to deceive you. Believe me, he's doing it every day, the Christians somewhere. Pray also that we will finally overcome every temptation and gain the victory, yeah? We've got victory over that temptation. But rescue us from the evil one. The last line, pray for protection by our Father in heaven. Pray that God will deliver us from Satan's power, his snares, his schemes and his temptations. Interesting, Jesus put that there near the end, eh? Rescue us from the evil one. Because we need God to... To be, to have our back, yeah. We need God to have our back, and He does. But we need to pray also that God would guard us and protect us from Satan and His schemes, and that we would have a discernment, that we would hear and listen to His Spirit. All right. So I've uh, finished now, and I just want to emphasise again that your prayers never underestimate the power of your praying. I don't know if this has helped anyone or not with this Lord's Prayer. It's, um, it's a pattern. Remember that? I'm sure if I could ask anyone or a lot of people here, okay, recite the Lord's Prayer. I bet, I bet quite a few of you could, couldn't you? Because we, 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 kind of, we know the Lord's Prayer. But when you start to look at it, okay, what does it kind of mean? And that's only a bit of a glimpse. That's all it is. It's, uh, there's so much more in it. And um, hey, God bless you today too. And I just want to close our eyes and as the worship team has come back up and if God has spoke to your heart in any way this morning, and I'm sure He has, because God is always wanting to speak to our hearts. He's always wanting to move us on from where we are. He always wants us to move onward and upward, not to be parked like a car in a parking spot at the shopping centre, for want of a better analogy, but He wants us to move forward, step forward, Take steps in faith by His strength, His grace. If you don't know the Lord today, if you've never given your life to Christ, you know, it's an opportunity. Now with every eye closed and our heads bowed, if there's anyone here, 
maybe more than one, that God has been speaking to your heart. You sense, you may not know who God is, but you sense that something churning inside your heart. There's this like a, oh, or maybe like a burning or it's like, you know that God is on your case and he's been speaking to you. If there's anyone here right now and you want to acknowledge me, they're putting your hand up and you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Tomorrow's got no guarantees. Life is not a dress rehearsal. You get one shot out of that. One shot. So, no one here, if anyone wants to recommit their life to Christ, remember Christ loves you. God loves you so much, your Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.